You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio with cast number 605, recorded September 13th, 2016, brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style, it's OutMotoring.com. Everybody, it's DB in Arizona bringing you a brand new episode of the world famous White Roof Radio. That's right, I said world famous. That's right, that's right. And you guys around the world, not in the United States, you know who I'm talking to. That's you guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Doing a new show, talking about minis for you on a uh, whatever night it is, like we like to do. Uh, my good friend Todd Pearson has joined us as always from uh, MotoringStripes.com. Todd, I am here, and welcome to all of the uh, the thousands of new listeners we've had over the last month. Thank you. It's very cool, very cool. And you know who's back? This is pretty exciting. Alex is back. I am back. I am back in San Francisco. I am back on the podcast waves. Hi, everybody. <laughs> on the West Coast. Although, briefly, you're going back to Boston for a week, right? Yes, I am going back to Boston on Sunday for a week, and then New York, and then back to uh, and then back to uh, San Francisco. And then maybe, Todd, maybe I'm, I am in Kansas City in, uh, in the second week of October. Awesome. Let's go to NASCAR, baby. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I need to get my citizenship now. I yep. got the green card, so now I need citizenship. Oh, there you go. You can't get a citizenship unless you actually attend a NASCAR race. I think you have to I be. Need sh- to I, have re- to- I need to attend like a certain number of uh, races to get citizenship. Well, and I think I think you have to be shirtless at a NASCAR race. Really, <laughs> you have to be photographed shirtless at a NASCAR race. So, and I need a pickup truck also. That's instant citizenship right and there. You also need the the hat that has the two beer cans and the 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 the, the <laughs> yes to it and down into one. Yeah, the stadium yes. buddy. The beer bong <laughs> I hat. That. I totally need that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, that or you need one of those uh, crochet caps that are made with you know crochet <laughs> beer cans. Yep. <laughs> but you know, if, if, if Alex, for anyone uh, listening to the podcast, uh, looking to get citizenship, this is a top tip from White Roof Radio. It is. <laughs> like, although you know, Alex would have the beer can cap like that with the two straws, but he'd be drinking rosé out of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like one. It's uh, hang on, I gotta send you guys a link to this one. Open a new, new tab. Here, I gotta show you guys. This is no, Alex. You're gonna have to rock a hat like this, dude. <laughs> the beer, the crocheted beer can hat. Oh no. my gosh! <laughs> old that's, to remember these. That's I'm, a piece of 1975 right there. Exactly. A lot of you children might not be old enough to remember this. I will link this up in the show notes. Um, if you're wondering what the f I'm on about, though, there it goes right there. <laughs> this is great. Plus, blue uh, suits me really well, so it's perfect. That's it, dude. This, I used to seriously. That used to be a thing. When I was like, <laughs> so Todd, you remember those? Oh, you used absolutely. to be able to buy them in stores. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Back then. Anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, we're here talking about mini stuff for you, uh, like we like to do. Um, and I want to thank all you guys for sending in all the images of your cars. That's super awesome. This week's show image uh, brought to you by our friend uh, Gary Miniart. I believe Gary's in Florida, is he not? I do not know where Gary is. I don't remember where Gary is. I think Gary's in Nebraska. Come on. Oh, he is in Nebraska, maybe. I'm just oh. pulling. The, I'm just saying that. I have no clue. <laughs> oh, he's in. He's in Iowa. Iowa. I was close. I was closer with Nebraska. <laughs> Oh, I thought he was in Florida. Anyway, uh, he sent us a, he sent in his image of his uh, very very good looking uh, Mini Cooper Roadster S, um, and that is this week's show image that you're seeing on your screen. Gary, thanks for sending that in. Of course, awesome. if you want your Mini to be featured in an upcoming episode of White Roof Radio, all you have to do upload an image to our Facebook page, or you can tag us, do an at reply to us at Twitter or Instagram. We'll get those two, and I'll pick one up. We'll go, oh, cool. And Gary, if you're listening, I want to know how you mounted that license plate on the front of your uh, Roadster. 
Oh, way down there at the bottom. You see that? Okay, if you're listening to the show, stop the show, pause the show. Oh, you can see it, and you can see it on your podcast app. There you go. Look on your podcast app and look at his uh, front license plate on the Roadster. Yeah. And one, I want to know how you mounted it, and two, I want to know how it's still there because <laughs> yeah, you're like probably punching it into uh, curbs and driveways and all kinds of stuff. Okay, so birds. This will kind of give you an idea. I'm on Gary's Facebook page right now because we're friends. Uh, no, we're not friends on Facebook, but I've got him on Facebook right now. Um, he is a systems engineer, and a scientist is also part of his title, and at one point he worked for NASA. Awesome. So, cool. That's pretty cool. How to do that. So anyway, Gary, thanks for sending that in. Uh, congratulations on being this week's featured image. That's a Cooper Roadster, too. Yeah, with the uh, JCW Aero Kit. Yeah, that's so badass. Ah, it's a good-looking car. That's why I picked it. This is, and I even like the wheels, and I don't normally like that style of wheels. But man, like and can I can I say also that after owning and driving the Roadster now for what about five months? Yeah, that is it's it's probably the best or second best mini uh, mini has ever made. Yeah, the car is simply phenomenal, and it's an amazing um, car. Yeah, it's an amazing car, and I, I'm probably saying that because we've had nothing but convertible weather. For the last four months, we've rarely had a day over 90. And I've learned this also, and people who drive convertibles will probably uh, uh, agree with me on this, is we have fi- we've learned the key to the convertible top, and the, uh, the key is that you have a 90-degree limit. If the outside temperature is 90 or above, the top goes up and the air conditioning goes on. It's just oppressive at that point. But if it's below 90, if it's 89 degrees or below that, it's perfect. It's, mm. it's absolutely perfect. So uh, Interesting. Yeah, this is a, it, it's a great car. I love the Roadster. And I swear to you, not since my 2003, when, remember way back when, DB, that everybody would ask you, what is that? Where did you get that car? Tell me yep. about it. And they'd stop you. Yep. Everywhere we go in the Roadster, people stop us. And because there's no top, it doesn't matter where you are. You're driving through a parking lot. And people will walk up to you and, and strike up a conversation as you're parking. Because, you know, you're right there and it's open. Everywhere we go, people ask us, what is that? Where can I get one? And I'm like, ah, sorry. (laughs) You know, and I I can't find it now, but I saw one for sale tonight on Facebook. Yeah. It's in Florida. For about 22 grand. It was 24.5, but it had 1,900 miles on it. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm sure there must be dealers with uh, leftovers somewhere, no? Don't you guys think? Yeah, I think there may probably be one or two still in stock There's somewhere. One or two. And, you know, if you're in the market for a small drop-top car and you're looking at the MX-5, really take a look at a Cooper Rest Roadster if you can find one. Yeah, and they're on used lots. I mean, I know in Kansas City we've got one on the used lot right now. Yeah. It's a 2013, and it's fully loaded. It's got nav, everything on the car. It's a little spendy. It's in the mid-20s. Yeah. But uh, it's it's fairly low miles, and it's blue, and uh, right here in Kansas City. So check out BaronMini.com for that. I know I mentioned this and showed you 603 or 604 about the MX-5, which was a brilliant car. Absolutely brilliant. It was just tiny. Yeah. Absolutely just a little bitty car, and you have to be like 5'7 to drive it. And you can't plan on going anywhere longer than a weekend with two people versus a Mini Cooper Roadster, which you could go for two weeks across the United States or make a Costco run. Yeah. Yeah, the, there is, that is a limitation to the Roadster, the Mini Roadster, is we have uh, been busted a couple of times mm-hmm. going somewhere, like we went to Lowe's, and yeah. I was going to buy a small air compressor, because uh, I'm doing some 
home improvement stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy this small air compressor because that way I can run a nail gun, yada, yada, yada. So I put it in the cart, and then I'm walking out to, to check out, and I realize this isn't going to fit in the car. <laughs> I said that the, the air compressor is going to ride shotgun, and I'm going to have to come back and get you. And we're like, screw it. So we just abandoned the cart, went home, got my car, and came back. Had to go get the pickup truck. Because, it, yeah, it, the box was just slightly too big. There was nowhere to put it. The, the trunk, while it's roomy, does yes. not fit large boxes or anything, you know. It's it, it's good for you know uh, suitcases and luggage and yeah, yeah. like I said, you know, your, your Costco or grocery shop, that kind of stuff. It yeah. works. Perfect. Yeah. But I mean, don't think you can use it as a replacement of a hatchback. Good grief! Holy Toledo! And you know us, uh, we go to the liquor store and then that's it. We can't go anywhere else because the boot is full. So but that's just the way we roll. Right. <laughs> How much household goes. Anyway, um, that's enough about that. Let's get started. Before we do, let's remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Our friends over at OutMotoring. You guys know OutMotoring.com, the Amazon.com of Mini Cooper stuff, the home for Mini Cooper DIY mechanics, the home of all things, the, I'm going to say it wrong, grits. I'm just going to keep saying grits, and I don't care if you guys think I say it wrong or not. Um, for getting your car shiny and clean, uh, summer's over. Time to get it polished up, get it ready for winter, get a nice fresh coat of wax on it, and outmotoring.com's got you covered. Uh, you want a three-inch polisher? Made uh, the great three-inch polisher. Very limited quantities, but got it on sale. $89.95. Super awesome. It's a nice little unit. And this is cool. A little detailer's bag that holds all of your stuff, all of your detailing stuff, so you can just pick it up and carry it around the car so you don't have to, like, have bottles and things like strewn all about the driveway or if you're going like do a friend's car or you're having like a detail party nice little detailer bag there done and done go over there check it out not only that but you want jcw side skirts for your car for the f56 just a side piece aaron's got them i'm ordering to come gun for my god those are expensive <laughs> but boy they're nice and at least you know what when the expensive stuff like that what's really cool at Out Motoring, uh, free shipping if you buy something that costs over $195. That's on most any order. And don't forget, too, is if you sign up for the email newsletter, you get a 5% discount code. And that, that's a new one every month. That's not just like once. You get to use it once, and that's it. You get to use it the entire month. If you want to go shopping at OutMotoring.com like three times this month, you use your coupon code, and you save 5% every time. It's like having a little your little club card. It's like right? being Amazon Prime, man. It's like being an Amazon Prime, and if you spend more than $195, he ships it for you for free. Not only that, but he's still adding 3,000 new products each and every month. And not just like really cool go fast bits or more glove box organizers, but like all the weird, the weird crazy SKUs that you guys find over at real-oem.com, you know, the replacement parts, the clips, and, you know, the body panels and uh, light bulbs and just anything that's needed for your car because you've got a haze manual and you need to do a repair. Outmotoring.com has you covered. Think of them as your own Mini Cooper parts desk. Got, he's got everything. Boom. Done and done. Go over outmotoring.com. Not only that, you guys like him because, you know, Aaron's been making it, keeping us going since we started. Not only that, he's also been one of the OG sponsors at motoringfile.com. Like, since forever. It's super awesome. Aaron loves us. We love him. Go over check him out. That's over at outmotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and, well, yeah, JCW side skirt set. That's uh, outmotoring.com. That side skirt's really nice, but, boy, 620 bucks. <laughs> You're going to want it. But, man, it looks so nice. Yes. I mean, you would know, Todd. You've got it on your car. Yes, it's very nice. It's very nice. Uh, sir, how about some of that fine news music? 
Boom, there it is. <clears throat> we we have several stories, but they all kind of merge into one. We do, and can I, uh, I, I want to give a teaser because I hope to be able to gather this information. I was privy to um, a, a piece of information that we've talked about for, since we've been on the air, okay? Mm-hmm. And that piece of information is what is what are the best and worst selling colors in mini right this is like the human interest story if you will and um i I got to see that list uh recently and um and uh i i think it's fascinating and i will tell you this uh i guess i can break it now i will tell you the polar ends what are your guys thoughts are on the best selling mini color and this is recently i want to say this is probably within the last year Best-selling mini color and the uh, worst two-selling mini colors. Okay, so now well, I have uh, a bit of insight in this because we kept track of this one uh, for SCMM, the Mini Cooper Club in Southern California, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, but this is back in 2003, 2004, when when dark when uh, dark silver was still in and, motion. And the colors were in order. It was chili red, dark silver, and British racing green. Okay, those are your top three. Those are the top three. All right. And uh, of, of those that are still available now, which one do you think is your top color? I would have to say whatever the, the new silver is, is got to be the, the top. So that's got to be the best. Well, you know, I'm going to have to go pepper white. <laughs> I'm going to okay. go pepper white. All right. Alex, your thoughts? So we're we're talking about the, the just so I, I know where to uh, kind of place myself, like the... 56. The, we're talking about the F56, right? Well, I think we're talking about everything that's available now, as of now. And it's weird. It's a little skewed because some colors aren't available on some models. You know, like the yeah. burgundy's only available. So I, I'm just saying, in general, uh, colors that run across the range, the best, what, what's your best and maybe your worst? DB, also, you, you get ready. What do you think of the least two pop? Most uh, my best luxury blue and deep blue. Okay. Alex, your thoughts? I think I think uh, the least popular is uh, the stuff that co- that costs like a thousand bucks. That's so I don't know which one. Okay. Which Lapis Luxury Blue is one of the expensive colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because you know the logic, and, right? And the other thousand dollar color is um, the color on your car, which is yeah, Re- the Rebel Green, the JCW uh, Green, the Rebel Green, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's so that would be it. Uh, and then like the most popular. Uh, I would say uh, Thunder Gray. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe like a crazy bet on the Volcanic Orange. Okay. Just because I see them like everywhere. Okay, I will say this right now. DB, you win. Uh, Pepper White is the most popular across the board color. Yep. Um, Alex, you are so far off, it's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Pepper White is the most popular color. And I want to say the the least popular color, which is now gone, by the way, is uh, Ice Chocolate. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was. was, I don't think I've ever seen a car in that color in person. It was. It was down there. Well, and there's there's probably a reason for that. Ice chocolate wasn't it? That wasn't that an R56 color, a pastement color? No, there was one there. um, uh, Was it the F56? Um. Yeah, I think there was a. I think it was available on the F fifty six. I know which color you're talking about. Yeah, it's a very dark brown. Like yes. It's, uh, but it's, it's not. It's not color. the brown we're thinking of. I think DB. I, I know. Yeah, there which was brown. another brown that was available yeah. on the F fifty five, which was. Yeah, that was the hot chocolate. Or that was the hot the, chocolate. Yes. The, yeah. Oh, hot I didn't even know this one existed, so it's not fair. Brown. No, the the one that Todd's talking about looks almost like a pearlescent brown. And then yeah. I, I'm going to say one that is going to shock 
everyone listening and including the two of you, one of the worst selling current colors uh, across the mini line. Chili red. Green. Chili red. Yep. Well, but it's but it's that, that's that's well, right. That's, that's, it, uh, it's skewed. Yeah, it's skewed because like you need to get the package. That's why. Buy the JCW exterior package to get it. Or a JCW outright. Right. But it's but it's more expensive. So is it more? Yeah, it's more expensive because the the, the exterior package is what twenty five hundred dollar. So it's even more expensive than any of the other thousand dollar color, right? Obviously. Yes. Which That's ironically, it is one of three. Yeah, it is one of three non-metallic colors that Mini sells. Yes. Mm. Okay, those three currently are pepper white, volcanic orange, and chili red. Well, and lapis luxury blue. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, they did everything to stop having chili no. red cars, so it's not surprising. No, lapis luxury is a it is a metallic color. It's listed in the non-metallic paint colors on the website. It is okay, so I guess that is, but it's a thousand bucks. So. Yeah. Okay. The the no charge, and I kind of think that's why pepper white is at the top. I mean, it's a good looking color. Don't get me wrong, but it's a no charge option, and I think when you look at it from a numbers standpoint, and this is me being cynical is that I think a lot of dealers order a bunch of pepper white cars because they're, you know, it's neutral. Okay. Yes. It's like painting your, your walls and your house white before you sell your house. It works because it's neutral and you have no, neither a positive nor a negative reaction to it. And one, it's not 500 extra dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't add to the price of the car. But what shocked me, and I guess, like we said, was the chili red was kind of down there near the bottom with a very low take rate. And that's because there's not a lot of JCWs are sold and you have to pay for that color either in the exterior pack or for the JCW. So I get it. I get it. So what what is what is a uh, before a, if you remove chili red which what comes next? Um uh chili red at, at the bottom was with the brown and the uh, uh what did I say? Ice chocolate. Yeah, the ice chocolate. Yeah. That was down there near the bottom. Um one that was shocking, a very popular color. Now, the rest of them are out of order in my head, but they were very popular was the uh the gray the thunder um thunder gray that's the gp2 color that is a very popular color um as is the clubman get this the most popular clubman color color right now digital blue really what yes go figure right whoa Go figure. Hey, that's the color. That is. We're gonna go look that one up right now. Most popular, uh, uh, and it's right up there within <laughs> like one or two percent of the, uh, the <laughs> burgundy color, I think, on the Clubman. So I'm gonna get the the specifics of this and and try and break it down because I think it's interesting and fascinating. I you mean, that, I'm looking at that digital blue. That digital blue is a blue version of Grandpa Gold. It's it, it is the AARP of mini colors right now. I'm sorry. You know what it is because there's no Grandpa Gold in the lineup. No, right? there's no, there's no sparkling silver right. or gold, regular gold. So they needed a Grandpa color, and that is it. They needed the color that you would normally put on a Camry. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that's I'm that's that's my opinion. If but you're building a Clubman, it's got to be burgundy with the white top. Come or on. melters, oh, melting silver. I think it's a good look with the, the silver's good too. That's what color of the company cars, but Gabe's current car. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting tidbit of information, and I will get some more details. But I, I do think Pepper White is the winner on the most popular color. That's not going anywhere. I don't think Chili Red's going anywhere because it is the iconic mini color. Yes. Um, even though it's low sales, but there's a reason for that. And yeah. I'm still dumbfounded why more people don't buy JCWs. Right. Or why they don't get, uh, like, for example, you could build yourself a Cooper hardtop. 
and add the JCW exterior pack for well, on the Cooper. It's thirty two hundred fifty dollars. But man, you get wheels, you get the paint, yeah, you get uh, the body kit, and whatever else you get with that particular package. I'll have to tell you. I have to look it up. You can get the spoiler. Uh, so yeah, you get seventeen inch wheels, the arrow kit, spoiler, performance control, and you get the white turn signals, right? Which is just freaking awesome. It looks amazing. I think it's a pretty good value for that for the looks of the car the exterior pack. By the yeah, way, yeah, that's thirty two hundred fifty dollars to the price of a Cooper. Not too bad. Twenty five hundred so, on the price of a uh, Cooper S. There it is. I just thought that was an interesting tidbit of information that uh, I was privy to very recently. Very nice. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Um, moving on. We are going to start by looking at sales. Yes, because that's lately what we do. So worldwide mini sales. Because we haven't been, we haven't had a show in September to talk about August sales yet. Right. Is that right? That's correct. Correct. <clears throat> about uh, August sales. So worldwide mini sales for August. Worldwide. Now this is the global sales number. Are up ten point. Uh, we'll say ten percent. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Okay, and 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 that's pretty good because mini sales are up uh, globally, you know, uh, everywhere in the world for the entire year. They're doing very well for 2016, with right. the exception. If, it, but if you come uh, really quick, because we're going to do global. If you combine BMW and mini sales in Europe, they were up just in Europe 6.3 percent. Yeah, that's BMW mini combined, which is that's pretty strong. And we're going to get to the BMW numbers here in a minute because that plays into um, a story that we're doing. But yep. as far as August goes, mini sales were still down for the year. The brand was down 14%. Um, well, you mean global? No, no. this is uh, this is the, mi- the, U- the U.S. numbers. I'm sorry. The mini- U.S. numbers are... Yeah, the okay. U.S. numbers uh, for 2016 through August are down 14%. Right. Okay. Now... But just for the month of August, only down 2.7. Exactly. It was, uh, it was much better. Yeah. But... Here is the one statistic that I don't think anybody really made of this, and uh, I did my Rain Man math on it. Of all the cars, all the minis that were reported sold in August, okay? This is all the numbers that are on their books. A whopping 74.1% of total mini sales in August in the U.S. Mm. had four doors. Just going to let that sink in for a minute. 71% 71 percent 74 71 percent almost seven, three so quarters. Six, yeah it's like uh, three three cars out of four right that's right that's three out of four cars sold in the u.s in august in minis had four doors which means well they you were know, four people doors. have been wanting bigger minis forever and they got them now so well and and that's the thing is is uh, that statistic made me think of all of the fans who are saying, oh, I want a smaller car, I want a smaller car, I want a smaller car. No, you don't, because you're buying the bigger ones. So shut up already. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, for August, there was 840 four-doors, uh, 1533 Clubman. Wow, that Clubman is selling like gangbusters. Yeah. it's. But look at the Countryman. The Countryman's still at 1312. Mm-hmm. They're still making some really good oh, deals on that. The Countryman. Well, because, yeah, you get a smoking deal. Um, but I mean, that's three—that's more than three thousand of the cars for the entire month. And I just want to say the the saddest number of uh, August sales was mm-hmm. no the hardtop the the flagship the previous flagship of our brand yeah sold a whopping uh, seven hundred and what was it seven hundred sixty nine down fifty one point eight percent to last year. Wow! But last year, keep in mind there was no Clubman. Yeah, that that's true there. Um, you know, that that made up for a little bit. 
But I'm just going to focus on this number. There's 769 hardtops total sold in the U.S. last month reported. And there are, what, about 120 dealers? Yes. Right? So let's do quick math, 769 divided by 120. Um, that can't be right. That can't be right. Yeah, it is right. 769. Let's just say 110 dealers. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. That's, that's, 100 that's, cars seven, that's seven cars per dealer. That's seven hardtops per dealer in the U.S. Average. Average. Yeah. Hard tops. Yeah. That's pretty bad. The car that we all love and the car that we fell in love with uh, 14 years ago yeah. now is selling an average of seven units per dealer per month in the USA. <laughs> I'm going to let yeah. that sink in for now and just go. <laughs> it was double that. Yeah. Yeah. It was 15, almost 1,600 a year yep. ago. Yep. What the, what the F? The, the clubman, dude. <laughs> the clubman it's the cl it's all the hipster malarkey about the clubman people are falling in love with that car in droves i'm speechless i i love the clubman don't get me wrong and we know gabe loves look the clubman many, look at how many clubmen have sold year to date they've sold seven seven thousand of those cars year to date yeah nine thousand countrymen so almost as many clubmen as they have sold countrymen and more clubmen sold this last month than they sold countrymen well but look at the numbers for uh Last year, in the, the same only on sale for how long? In the same period last year, DB. So just com just for comparison sake, for comparison sake, uh, January through August 2015, right. yeah. total hardtop sales were fourteen thousand three hundred. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And then look, it's less than half of that this year. Half. Or it's just right, right at half. Right at just a little right more than half. Forty-five percent off. Yeah. Still. Right. That's so weird. What do you people and I'm everybody is complaining? Oh, minis are too big. No, they're I'm, not. Obviously, I'm, like Todd said, you guys are smoking crack. I'm speechless. I am. Absolutely but you know, it's really speechless. surprising because, like here in California, I mean, I don't know here in California. You know, it's just San Francisco. Like I in the city, like I I see mostly like the the uh, the the three door. I don't see much of the four door or the clubman. Uh, so it's I I don't know who's buying those clubmans, but 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 not in San Francisco. I can tell you that. I'm not seeing a lot of clubmen in Arizona. I do see a fair number of four doors, and any more you can't swing a dead cab with a hand of countrymen. I swear to God, there on there's one on every corner. Well, I don't know. Look at the number of convertibles sold. Now, granted, it's the summer months, and pretty much everywhere in the U.S. it's convertible weather. Right. Five five hundred nine uh, convertibles yeah. were sold. That, you know, in August. Yeah, but it's the launch of a new car. Like you can't account. Like it that's is. not like a good trend, right? Like I mean, you can't really assess it. Get a question for you, yeah. Todd. Though yeah. uh, of the seventy-four percent, like how much does the countryman make versus the clubman? Like profit-wise, yeah, percentage-wise, like you know, is less than the clubman because the country so the clubman is the most selling four-door. That's what you guys are selling. I'm saying, 15, yeah, fifteen hundred, yeah, yeah, versus thirteen hundred countrymen in the month. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good for a car that just launched. Really, I mean, they, you know, granted, like they, you know, I'm trying to remember what happened for the launch of the F56. Obviously, it's kind of a little bit different because it's the launch of a new generation, right? So you have to put, to have like a marketing push behind it. For the four-door Mini, not so much. Like I don't remember really seeing a campaign about it. But for the Clement, like they went all in on the Clement, like definitely all in on the Clement. So well, um, they did, and and if we remember back to the, at least the U.S., um, the launch of the F56 happened in March, and we had the 2014 model year, which was out for March, April, May, and uh, and June, and that was pretty much it. It was about a four month of of U.S. sales, 
And then remember, immediately there was a stop sale on all F56 cars, basically from mm -hmm. July through October. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can't even look at 2014 numbers um, for for sales there and and make anything of it because they kind of didn't exist for July, August, September, October for like four months. A whole, you know, a whole third of the year there were no sales of those, and I don't think that pent up demand really made up for that and we're still recovering now two years later yeah <laughs> so and in answer to your that was an answer to your question alex about how did the f56 launch do it's so uh, you know skewed in the u.s we really don't know because then what do you start doing say october to october well nobody's keeping track of those numbers we'd have to go back and figure it up ourselves um it wasn't bad but this is the drop off I think is amazing. Well, you, did you look at the did you look at the CPO number, Todd? Yeah, so the CPO, CPO oh, cars geez. are almost CPO. This isn't like all used mini pre-owned sales. Just the CPO cars, they sold twelve hundred, almost thirteen hundred of them in August. Yeah, and and that's to, that's to, uh, CPO by the way is certified pre-owned, and that is a car that is certified, and they basically take the warranty out to six years, hundred thousand miles mm -hmm. on a car, and you pay a little bit more for it, um, but it's worthwhile. <laughs> So yep. that's pretty amazing. They set a record. Yeah. And, so, and, and it was an increase of uh, almost 12% from the year prior. I know. And there are people way smarter than me with, with probably answers to this of, of why that's happening. And I mentioned recently one of the reasons it's happening is because the new cars prices, they're pretty expensive to begin with. But a lot yeah. of dealers are cutting so many deals right now. Um, I don't know. It's It's... Well, driving I think the, the price is down. I think the bottom's dropping out of the Mini Cooper market. Because you remember, when we've talked about this before, how um, our first cars, they had the their resale value kept their, they held the resale value insane, right? I had 120,000 miles on my first on Roxy and was still had a Kelly Blue Book value of like 14 grand or something, right? Yep. And then we had a, a brand new F56 Cooper loaded with everything that right. we were basically upside down in the car. Um, and we put money down on this thing. We were upside yeah. down on it in 19 months still. Right. Exactly. At, at 19 months, it, it had never, you know, reached that, that. I mean, those CPO cars are going off at, what, 25% less than new? If not less, if not, you know, bigger discount than that? I don't know. My mind is blown, and I'm sure there's probably some better math. And if hey, if you're listening to the show and have an idea, send us a, a response to the feedback at White Roof Radio, what you think is causing this and i think the whole thing and then we can kind of move on down the line with it is the scary number is that 74.1 percent of all minis sold in the u.s in august had four doors yeah okay that's 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 a scary number because traditionally this car has been about handling and db like you said that back in the day it was always on the top 10 best handling cars out there yeah and now it's on a couple of them but nobody yeah. talks about the Mini. If you want the most fun car out there, you go buy the Mini. And in fact, the brand marketing isn't even about that anymore. They're not about the fun factor of it, even though that's still, I think, the number one reason people buy the Mini is because they're most fun to drive, which mm -hmm. I say they still are. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I've become speechless about these numbers, and I'm just shaking my head and thinking, we're going to end up like BMW. By the way... BMW is now going to finally add an X2 SUV 
So they're going to have... Oh, my God. They're going to have... stopping on this. They're going to have an X1, an X2, an X3, an X4, an X5, and an X6. They're going to have... And an X7. They're actually working on the X7. Are so they working not, on an X7? Yeah, they are. It's an X7. So they could potentially have seven different SUV-type crossover slash whatever the heck you want to call these vehicles. You know... Why do they need an X2 to, to come in at a price between <laughs> and $39,000 so like SUV? It's going to be $500 more than the X1 and... I don't get it. $500 less than the X3. Is there... Is there I mean, imagine... <laughs> is there a market for a 7 Series X car? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. There's a market for a 7 Series in Europe with no kidding, I kid you not, with the B48 mini engine in it. There is a 7 Series in Europe that has the uh, yeah, same engine yeah, as the Mini Cooper S. It's got the little bitty baby Mini engine in it. And it's not a hybrid either. Why would you want... No. No. Stop it, people. I just want to say what... Uh, it, it blows my mind as to what a BMW's thinking. That being said, well, let's... People are them. Let's Maybe se- they don't want to spend hundred grand on a 7 Series. Let's segue over to a story that showed up in German newspapers this past Monday. Mm. And that was, let me go find it here. Where's my, I have too many tabs open, guys. E-car strategy? Yeah. um, This article from uh, a German newspaper this past Monday talked about how there was a lot of information uh, about the e-car strategy, which we'll get to. But the piece of information I want to pull out of this is that BMW has had 25 straight quarters that returned an 8% or above profitability that's 25 straight quarters, right? right? So we're talking six, six and a quarter years yes. of, sh- of profitability um, in quarters above 8%. Okay? That's insane. You, that, that's insane. Okay, I six, mean, that's good for BMW, but that's insane. Especially considering the, where the economy's been you know, for the last six and a half years. We'll, so, we'll economy at that. Yeah, yeah. So look at it from, from that aspect and go... All right, whatever BMW is doing is working. If if we believe these numbers, which I do, uh, there's no reason that that yeah. these are fudge numbers. They're not like um, only Volkswagen. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, but so anyway, we've got that piece of information that BMW has been very successful about this, and now they're adding, you know, an X2 SUV to the line, and we're on the heels of any day now. We're going to have information on the new Countryman. Right, we, it's going to be released at the Paris Auto Show, which is the last week of September. We should see it just before that online. You know, we sh- we should have that information available, which means in the next week to ten days. Right. I know we've said that yeah. before. Gabe said that before, but I really believe now is the time it's going to drop. All right. So let's look at this from the aspect of BMW that their company trying to make profit, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, look at this. They know seventy four point one percent of the cars sold in the U.S. I'm curious what that number is worldwide. The, uh, uh, somebody do the math and figure out, tell me if you think the whole world is selling 74% of four-door minis. No, I think, it's, um, I, I think it's China, and I think it's China. Hmm. They're buy- they, you think they're buying the hardtops? I think they're buying the hardtops. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the smaller countries, especially European countries, Japan, yep. you know, places like that, I think are still buying the, the two-door yeah, well, the places where they're they're pushed for space. But right. traditionally, the U.S. has been one of the number one markets yeah. for both of these brands. You know, really going to say it was one brand under the whole thing, BMW and Mini. Uh, and they're kind of headed in that direction. Now, 
to take to put that in another twist coming up at the Paris Auto Show here in a week and a half. It was reported, you know, Alex sent us the Reuters article, which uh, we all read. The board of directors for BMW will not be attending uh, the Paris Auto Show. That doesn't mean BMW is not going to be there. BMW will be there, but the board of directors usually shows up and a couple of people from board of directors usually talk and do a keynote and they do a little, you know, song and dance or whatever. That's not going to happen. No, none of them are going to show up. Um, at the he's going to be at the show, but none of the board members will be there. Yeah, yeah, the whole board of directors because they're going to be back in Munich, arguing on whether to you know which direction to go with the electric, uh, uh, cars, right. right? Because BMW is a company they want to remain, they want to keep this profitability, and they see a company like Tesla, who, in my opinion, and Alex, I think you agree with me. Tesla has completely disrupted the auto industry and they've just begun the disruption of the auto industry. They so I would I, would, I so I see what you mean but I would um I think I think like we should refrain because people you know in the press like using that word too much mm -hmm. uh to use the to use the word disruption because disruption is uh is uh through the the low um the low end, right? And Tesla is not disrupting anything. It's innovating, but it's not disrupting by the um, by the low uh, low end, right? Like for instance, okay. uh, right. it even even the iPhone didn't. Like the iPhone, like you could say the iPhone disrupted like computing, like uh, mobile computing, right? But not not like the not not the phone the phone market in the sense that you know like the phone market was what like a hell, uh, Nokia and health device hundred bucks and you get a phone like you have to shell out like a thousand bucks to get an iPhone right yeah and uh, it didn't with, yeah. with a kind yeah it didn't but disrupt with, it, it with, it. with the Model 3 though um, you could argue that um, again like they're not gonna disrupt uh, the auto industry by the law and meaning like selling like a cheap car but they're gonna be selling a car that is, you know, at the average of what uh, American buyers are spending, right? They're spending on average like $33,000, I think, for a new car. So it's right there uh, at that, you know, at that like price point. Um, but it's going to disrupt like the, 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 the car buying experience because uh, people were not even thinking about being possible to have, first of all, like a nice looking electric car, an electric car that has a range that goes beyond range anxiety. And electric car that has those two attributes and it's also affordable, right? And so because of all those all those reasons, you could say in some ways it's disrupting, but not not in the true uh, sense of the of the term, if you will. Yeah, and it's it's revolutionizing, and I think the exactly yeah, the, the, yeah that's the, what it is. The biggest disruption is going to be because they're selling a product that yeah, well, it's still a car, um, it doesn't run on gas anymore. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what the that's what I mean by the when I when I use the term disruption, is that companies like BMW, Volkswagen, uh, uh, many <laughs> other companies are going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's clearly a demand for this, and for uh, for valid reasons. There's a lot of valid reasons. There's demand for this. Gas, well, it's relatively cheap right now. I mean, we're we're all pay, pay, paying somewhere between what two and three dollars a gallon. Mm -hmm. Right, wherever you are, Alex, you may be paying a little bit more. Paying three yeah, it's in that range, yeah. Yeah. Um, dollars I'm paying here in Arizona. So people are looking for ways that are, one, a little more environmental friendly, which I don't care what you say, that, that even with battery technology the way it is now, electronic electric cars are more environment, 
environmentally friendly. So there's a demand for that, and there's a demand for a premium product of which Tesla has proven itself to be. Okay, the Model 3 is an unknown. We really don't know, but we think it's going to be a little more high-end than your average Ford Escort slash, you know, Focus. Now, whatever it is, right? So, mm-hmm. enter BMW going, okay, we've got a premium product. The i3, yeah, it was kind of start and stop. They kind of dipped their toe in the water of electric cars. And the i8, both of these cars I can't call practical on any stretch because... One, the i8 was over a hundred grand. It doesn't compete on Tesla's plane at all because it's more kind of a supercar. Partly because of the looks, right? You, <clears throat> I like the looks of the i8. I think it's cool, but you look kind of douchey driving up to Target and uh, you know <laughs> buying a gallon of milk and some cat litter, right? In your i8. <laughs> that I I just have to say that isn't it kind of douchey. Yeah, you know what's really funny is I was recently at uh, one of our local BMW dealers here, and they had two of them on the used lot. Well, and here's the thing about the i8s, and I will say this. They've been uh, uh, quite problematic for the company. I know um, a couple of dealers who have bought back. I I know of three cars they had to buy back because they had problems that they just couldn't fix. So they're dipping their their toe in the water of this, and I think the i8's impractical. I think the i3 was impractical. One, because the range was ridiculous, especially in the cold weather, like let's say in Kansas City in the wintertime, when your range dropped from like 70 miles to like 50, you know, we got what Alex was talking about, range anxiety. And you're going, this is not practical for me to only be able to go 50 miles on this car. One, it's wintertime. I have to turn on the heat. This doesn't make any sense. Well, Tesla's overcome that. They don't have that issue with their Model S. Um, and haven't, and they're not going to have that issue with the Model 3 either. The nice thing with the Model S is they almost have regular petrol range out of an electric car. They really do. With over 200 miles to a um, on a charge, Yeah. I mean, that's I get between two and 300 miles on a full tank of, of fuel in my car, and I fill up twice a month. Yeah, yeah. so, so um, if you look at uh, what would be interesting to, to see is like if you look at to look at the two strategies that have been employed by both Tesla and BMW right in regards to uh, uh, EVs, okay? So if you look at the history of Tesla, they started with the Roadster, right? And the Roadster was a very expensive car. Uh, I think it was one hundred and ten thousand dollars, something like this. The one that was based uh, the, on the, the, uh, the that was based on the uh, the Lotus, Lotus series, yeah, yeah, the Lotus Elise. Yeah, uh, the range uh, wasn't great, uh, and also it wasn't like the it was like not not a Tesla chassis, right? It was a chassis from uh, from Lotus, right? Um, and so and they but they got buy-in from they got buying like from uh, you know like the early adopters, people that have a lot of money, and that's how they're starting like financing the brand in some ways, right? Because well, they gain loyalty through people that have like a, a, a good like purchasing power. And then what they came out with is the Model S. I think it was the 70. It started with the 70D or maybe the 90D. Anyway, it was it was between what 70 and 90 thousand dollars. So you again like you below the hundred thousand dollar threshold, and now you have a car that is like like four seater, uh, actually even five seater, that has a range that goes between uh, what 200 and uh, and 300 miles. Yep. Uh, and it it's you know it's like entirely built by Tesla. Well, not and to mention really it, does zero, of, it does zero to 60 in like less than five seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a sports car. It's like it's everything you want really of a sedan. So much so that it's actually outselling 7 Series and Model S's, right? Right. Um, and then with all that money they got, 
they were able to finance you know the development of the model x obviously which is great because it's right in that in that uh in that um you know like people want suvs right so they are getting people what they want and again like a high a very expensive model that fuels uh, the R&D for a the ultimate goal, which was like building a Model 3. And uh, I think it was five or four years. I forgot when it was. I think f maybe 10 years ago. I forgot how many years ago it was. But Tesla actually detailed like this very, very, very clearly in Master Plan Phase 1. <laughs> like it was totally like it was totally it's, it's still on the on the website. Like right. if you go on the Tesla blog, you can read the plan and it's exactly what they did. Right. And now they just released like the, the Master Plan version 2. Anyways, and on the other side, what you have is is BMW that built two cars out of their really like their um uh, and a b placed a big bet really on manufacturing with carbon fiber. Uh, one that is at the very high end, uh, which is again like almost like the the Lotus Elise, right? In some ways, but a way more refined car and uh, also a bit more expensive though. And the i3, which is you know quirky, uh, like the Prius, you could say is quirky, right? So it looks it still looks weird for an EV, which Tesla has managed to create beautiful cars beautiful EV cars and that really doesn't go really far and it's expensive for what it does right right for, and so, 40, and, so plus. and and none of those two are actually actually what I'm thinking of is I'm like should they have just have started with the i8 and then go down the the range like Tesla is doing right now maybe it would have been a better outcome for them and also when when you you're right when you say they dip their toe into like the the EV space they should have gone all in because the carbon fiber uh, manufacturing, I think it's genius. I think it's great. Like it's right. it's super robust. It's really difficult to manufacture. You've gained like re an amazing expertise. Like why don't you add to this with like expertise in battery? Uh, and again, on battery, like Tesla is making, I don't know, I haven't seen all the, I, haven't, I didn't went through all the patents and stuff, but I don't know if you guys remember, it was this news like two years ago when Tesla made like electric, you know, those batteries patents that they have like, public to everybody to to look at and to see and to actually use um so it's 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 funny that you know like the tesla has used a strategy that is very similar to what apple has been doing like historically starting at the very high end and then you know going you know uh making those uh those features like available into more and more products mm -hmm. tesla is doing the same like bmw did something like in between and it's unfortunately it's failing um so let's it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to come back from this so now, bringing it all back around to BMW and Mini, which is what this is about here, um, this article basically is something, it was the first public, you know, uh, piece of information that said uh, BMW is really targeting an electric Mini, and they want to have an electric Mini. Like, right now, they're pushing to have a fully electric Mini Cooper on the market by 2019, okay? Right. That's two years from now. That's basically we're here at the end of 2016. For and the it most still part. won't have CarPlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna get to this after you done that. Yeah. Go ahead. So so anyway, that's how bringing it back to Mini here is that we're talking about an electric Mini within the next two to three years. Okay, and part of that is because yes, BMW says <laughs> there's a, there's definitely a market for this at least, especially U.S. and worldwide market. Because Tesla's, you know, very popular. They got a lot of sales worldwide, you know, pre-sales for the Model 3 also. So they're looking at it going, okay, there is a market here. We need to tap into this. 400,000 pre-orders for a Model 3. Oh, my gosh. We need a piece of that action. Okay? So all the board of directors are getting together in a couple of weeks, and they're going to talk about this. 
And right now, from what we're hearing, is that the mini, the electric mini, I think, is a go. Um, the, the inside information that we've heard is that yes, it's just a matter of detailing how do we do this, how do we make it happen? Because it's going to have to be a. They can't take the existing car and just make it an electric car. They tried that with the Mini E project, and it was while it was mildly successful. The people who use it, you know, had really good luck with it. It was a thousand dollar a month lease, wasn't it? I mean, it was ridiculous yep. for it was. It was really expensive. There was no back seat. Um, the car was heavy. It was full of batteries. Uh, it was ridiculous. So they have to kind of rethink this. They have to engin- in, yeah, engineer this from the ground up. They can't use the existing platform of the i3 or the i8. They can't be adapted to something like that. So they kind of yep. have to start over again. So that's what brings us back to Mini. This is going, I think this is what was amazing. The other piece of information in the article, other than an electric Mini being on, you know, just they're about ready to pull the trigger on it, was this, is that <laughs> this article also reported that BMW is going to shake up its leadership by installing a new chief financial officer, of which it's not really a shakeup. One guy's retiring. They're putting somebody new in. But here is, and I quote this from the article, merging the marketing and sales divisions for Mini and BMW in order to better compete with Tesla, Daimler, Chrysler, and VW. Right. Okay. I, now, hear those words I said. Attempting, BMW wants to merge its marketing and sales divisions for the Mini and BMW in order to better compete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love saying that this show, but I'm gonna let that sink in just a little bit more and go. How's your favorite thing to say this show? It is. And let the wheels start to turn in your mind and go. Now all this premium talk that we've had since the beginning of the year with uh, the clubmen. Everybody's like, oh, minis are now premium. They're not funny. Hipster, like hipster malarkey. It's starting to make sense, isn't it? Like minis are becoming BMWs. Yep. Like now it's going to be full on when the marketing and sales like merge up and then now mini is just sold next to a three series and a deal. I don't know if it's going to get to that point. I think it's still going to be, you know, separate to the point where there'll be a mini dealer and a BMW dealer, but logistically from a business standpoint, it's already the same company, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to be like a, a, a Chevrolet and general motors. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you could go buy something that is one brand car and then, you know, yeah, except that, well, I mean, not really, because BMW, I don't think BMW will ever sell like a, a hatchback, a hatchback hardtop sized vehicle. Yeah, no, it's not going to get to that point. But what I'm saying is like... It's the X1, the upcoming X2 will probably be based on the Countryman as well, you would think, right? So, and then yeah. the interior bits that you see, like you're sitting in an F56 and you're sitting in a 3 Series, it's like going, oh, Well, wow. they're already sharing engines so far across. Yeah. So if you do a, a, just do a Google search for the B48 engine and look at how many cars that engine is used in, it's going to be shocking to you around the world that BMW and Mini share it in so many different cars um, that are produced. And it only starts to make sense. Okay, BMW doesn't want that quirky moniker anymore. They need to, because they're going to try and sell Minis as BMWs, it's got to be a little more sophisticated. I don't agree with it, but... It's starting to, like, the pieces are starting to fall into place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, thoughts? <laughs> well, so, yeah, I, uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. Just to, back on, just to go back on what Todd said, how many cars actually use that B48 engine? Uh, currently, it's used in the Mini Cooper S, the JCW Mini Cooper, the BMW 320i, 220i Grand Tour, 220i Active Tour, 225i, the X128i, the 330EI, 
the 330i and the 730i li that's the one i was talking about it was using the b48 engine in europe yeah, but that one in Europe, but European specs putting out 250 horsepower. And here's for, the other thing, DB. Look at that list you're looking at, and and look at the horsepower. The maximum horsepower of any of those cars is what 256, 254, and that's in that seven series. 254 horsepower out of the same engine, Alex, that you and I have in our cars that's rated at 228. Right. Yeah. Somebody yeah, explain that. Ex- I mean, that's... Explain that shit to me right now. <laughs> Right. So the X1 has the X128 has the J basically has the JCW motor same same specs everything same Turn, specs on 228 the X28, yep right and also in the 225i active tur right same but it's specs lower, it's lower than the Mini Cooper S and the BMW 320i yeah they detune it for the 320 and they detune it for the 330e or the 320e or whatever it is whatever it's yeah called. just so weird the 330 yeah it's detuned it's just a skosh not a lot but it is detuned yeah and i looked at that um in the uh, in the bmw here's the other funny thing in the three series bmw it's the same engine but it's in the mini it's mounted transversely yeah okay which has been a, a signature of mini and and many other small cars since the well, it's 50s. also because it's front wheel drive and they need to do it that way for right. transmission and blah 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 in the three series it's in line to the drivetrain because it's rear-wheel drive, so they can. Yeah, they move at 90 degrees. So it's kind of weird. I was looking at one today, and I go, I know this is the exact same B48 engine, but it looks completely different. Unlike in the X1, it's also tra- it's mounted like you open up the, the, the hood of an X1, and it looks exactly like my car. It looks exactly like a new Clubman. It's, That's it's, really... It's identical, yeah. It's just got a BMW cover on it, and everything else about the car is identical. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But anyway, so there, there's your bombshell for the week. Is like, are we really all going to be just driving BMWs in a few years? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think talking. we are. We had to have seen this coming. Alex, reject really. Yeah, um, but we had to have seen this coming. I mean, with the F56, especially with the, you know, you look at the interior of the F56 versus like a BMW, any of them, three series, we'll say. You know, it's just like, going, wow, they look a lot alike now. And it makes sense for BMW to, to use a lot of the same techniques and parts across the range. Oh, it does. It, it There's definitely a, a, a business argument for it, and it's not a bad idea. But I just wonder right now, <clears throat> is it that Mini has stayed too long, it's welcome on its flagship two-door car, when they probably should have been making bigger cars years ago and, you know really focusing on the SUVs and crossover type vehicles mm. considering how well the the clubman is selling and still how well the countryman is selling do you yeah. think like economically they stayed their welcome a little too long in the in the two-door sporty hatchback version now don't get me wrong i don't think that's ever going to go away i think we'll all still be able to buy a you know our little you know hardtop coupe yeah, the hard- what we used to call the coupe but then we had to stop calling it that because they had a real coupe Right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I I don't know the answer to that right now. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. So the, uh, the one last thing I would like to add is in regards to uh, kind of tr- continuing, like finishing the comparison between Tesla and, and BMW, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the way this article comes about is really like, oh, Tesla is crushing it. Like now we, we realize we really have to do something. And also like we kind of failed with uh, the uh, i3 and i8 initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
first of all, like again, like you know, we're always making those comments like very cautiously because we don't obviously know all the information, and it's just you know stuff that is being brought back from right. journalists. But it's to me, 2016 September 2016, it's worrying if you're thinking about this just now. That's my first comment, and the second one is uh, uh, the master plan, like part one from Tesla, was actually 10 years ago, right? So I, I looked it up while you guys were talking. Uh, the master plan part is for the next 10 years, so that's bringing it what into uh, 2020, 2026. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about like really seeing like a full-on Tesla-like, you know, electric car like in 2019. Uh, that's late, uh, especially when master plan part two, it's some crazy stuff in regards to, uh, uh, self-driving cars, uh, you know, sharing, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And also like a pickup and a minibus. And like, I mean, this is, this is, wow. this is almost like, this is almost like unrealistic when you read it, but, uh, it is very scary because, you know, right now it seems that companies like a company like BMW is focusing on stuff that Tesla did started like ten years ago. It which does. is why we always said like and again like even if they release like a Tesla like uh car, it's not about just like the drivetrain. It's also, you know, everything about it, like the the infotainment system, the update mechanism, right. like the the selling experience. It's a lot of things. It's not just a car. So uh Well, yeah. I, I think if they came out with an electric mini, I think it would sell very well. Um because I think it would target a whole different group of people. And if it wasn't priced at $50,000, hmm. because you have to compete with the Model 3, which is going to be in the 30s, you know? Well, forget to, you also have to compete with the, the Nissan Leaf. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, at, maybe. At least, at least at that size, right? Yeah. And Nissan Leaf can be had for less than forty grand. Yeah. And it's full it's, electric. It's just and the Chevy Bolt also. The Chevy Bolt, it's pretty cool. Yeah. If you want a car, I mean, if you want a car that catches on fire, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, they get a get get a, get a good name. I have to I have to say, right? Chevy Bolt. And a Chevy, drive a Chevy Volt, and all of your electronics at one point are almost guaranteed to catch on fire. Well, and if you drive a a, a Chevy Volt, if you drive a Chevy a Chevy electric car, and carry around a Samsung Galaxy Seven, you're pretty much your insurance is going to cancel you. Instantly. You're in for a treat. It's yes. like uh, Fourth of July all over again. <laughs> oh my gosh! On that bombshell. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Oh. Anyway, so that's what we think about that. Yeah. More yeah. to come. I, re I I wish Gabe were here. This this would have been a three hour show if Gabe were here. Yeah, we're gonna have Gabe on soon. He's uh, you know, Gabe's a busy guy, but we'll have him on really soon, uh, so he can give us some more lowdown on the electric mini and stuff like that. Well, we'll have him on soon because I think we're gonna have uh, specs and pictures. We've been seeing more spy shots of the Countryman coming out uh, recently. A bunch came out this past week. And uh, they're starting to lose a little bit more of the the, the cladding, the the weird swirly graphics. Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell, it's going to look a lot more like the previous Countryman than the F56 looked like any of the previous generations of, of you know, minis. That should make the nerves happy. I think it should. I think it's going to, now that I see that it's not going to be so dramatically different, it's going to be bigger. Yeah. But I don't think that's, clearly with sales the way they're going, it's not a bad thing. Because people are going to be, all, oh my God, this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. A uh, uh, Mini Cooper the size of a Honda CRV. So we're hoping be that big, but we're hoping that uh, Mini gets, you know, it's going to be catching lightning. I think at the right time, the Countryman's going to come out right about the right time, as long as gas prices stay down. And I think they're going to. Analysts are saying gas prices are going to stay down for the next year. 
that uh, Countryman sales should be off the charts. We think Clubmans are doing well. Clubmans are just going to go insane next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Interesting. Uh, let's finish off here with one last little story bit, and this is actually pretty pretty uh, exciting news, especially if you follow the uh, British GT Championship racing. Um, for the first time pretty much ever uh, and for the 2017 race season, many challenge cars are going to be in the, the, uh, the British GT Championship races. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And that's a race we don't get in the United States, but by man, I wish we did. <laughs> I know. God. Because that's, you know, it's it's the GT championship. I mean, it's, it's oh, we don't get that race here. And I'm sorry, those cars are badass. Look, I mean, uh, 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 mini challenge cars. The F56, awesome. the F56 set up as a race car, dude. That just looks, it looks like something you'd see in a Ken Block video. I have the closest thing to it, I can say, in the U.S. You need to put yours a little bit lower. Dude, it's as low as it'll go. It is It is not riding, it is as low as it'll go without just being riding on the springs. Right, and put some slicks <laughs> on it and get one of them giant wings off the back. You know, I could put some 17 millimeter spacers on there to fatten those those tires out, which uh, would help a little bit, but I'm I'm a little reluctant to do that. I wouldn't do that on a daily driver, no. I love the look of this car, though. Man, it's just hot. By the way, that one, I, I, uh, I haven't, you know, did I say, I think I sent you guys pictures of the JCW that we did for our dealer that's in the showroom now. Mm -hmm. I did with the 37. It's black, and it's got red stripes on it and 37 and everything. It's mm -hmm. got 12, meter, 12 millimeter spacers on the front and 17 on the back. Oh, nice. And 18-inch wheels, so it's pretty fat. But it's, it's an inch taller. It's an inch higher than mine oh. because of that. Oh, I guess it would be, yeah. So, Very cool. Anyway, enough enough car talk. <laughs> so be, before we actually switch on to something else, like it's uh, there is one thing like I would I would like to plead uh, for to Gabe is please don't don't write like clickbait headlines. It's really annoying. Like, you know, I think, and Gabe is just better than this. Like monitoring file is just better than this because when I read another early look at the Mini Countryman e plug-in hybrid, it's like wow, like the plug-in hybrid, like they actually they, they announced the Countryman like e plug-in hybrid. I can look at it. And uh, obviously, no, you can't because it's not, <laughs> that's not what it is. Like, I know Gabe's Plus is always like worldwide, you know, uh, released, like the Countryman E, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like a clickbait. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. Right. There's it's no there that, annoying. it's, 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 it's akin to the years where Gabe wrote stories about diesels coming to the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we all know what DB had to say about that. Yep. Not buying it. What, what did he have? I don't remember. What did he have? Uh, what did DB have to say about it? That's awesome. <laughs> TV was like, it's never going to happen. Never, ever, ever going to happen. <laughs> and I'm uh, here. We here stand recording the show on September 13th, 2016. And we still don't and have a diesel. Do we have a diesel mini in the United <laughs> States? We do not. Thank you. And we I swore that a year after. Where I stand. Here's the thing, DB, that uh, Gabe swore that one year after the Clubman was released, which we're approaching that within three months, yep. that there would be a diesel version of it. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope, nope. Although nope. if you've ever opened if you've ever opened the door, <laughs> the fuel door on a that There is a urea tank. There is a place for the urea tank. Uh, just because there's a place for the tank doesn't mean means nothing. It means there's a place for the tank for the diesel in Europe. That's all it means. That's all it means. <laughs> all it means. And they don't need the tank in Europe. So, so much fun to bash on the diesels. We love diesels, by the way. We just want one already. <laughs> I, I would I, I keep saying that if that is a car I would get a diesel mini before I bought anything electric. Cool. Period. Just, just hmm. like that. Anything electric? Nope. Nope. Give me a diesel mini. I don't Do you know. Have a, a diesel uh, gas station around uh, where you live, uh, Jimmy? They sell diesel at every gas station yeah. around where I live. Yeah. Pretty Whoa. Much every. Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah. Well, I mean, 
and the, everywhere except in California, you can get diesel almost everywhere. Well, and speaking of that, and electric alternative fuel cars, if you will, uh, I'll say this, and then and then we'll wrap it. There was a uh, a top news story today that talked about BMW and Volkswagen together were working on building like this supercharger type network of uh, charging stations mm-hmm. in the U.S. Building an infrastructure that that to me is telling in the whole. You know, VW and BMW are, are both going after the electric car market if they're going to start building infrastructure and if they're partnering on this. Mm. So I think that was kind of telling, and that was just in the general automotive press um, uh, this past week, and I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Interesting. So, Very interesting. Yes. Yeah, we're not quite done yet. Um, before we go, I want to remind you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Of course, our friends over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com, the brand new fancy website, right? You guys have already clicked through and checked it out. I put a link in the show notes just in case you guys missed it. Not only is that, but you can cruise over there, and if you want to find out about the crew at Craven Speed, they put up a brand new page, and it's got like a little bio of everybody. There's Kellen, there's Logan, there's Jeremy, Tristan, everybody. Everybody's here, and you can just go, oh, this is all the people that I deal with when I deal with CravenSpeed.com. They're the ones that make the magic happen. Super duper awesome. Not only that, but Craven Speed's a place to go to get the cool stuff for your mini, right? If you're rocking a first-gen uh, R53, you're going to use a Craven pulley, right? Duh. If you uh, have an F56, you have uh, you have any mini, really, and you want a way to really cool way to hold your cell phone, yeah, CravenSpeed.com has got you covered with the FlexPod adapter, uh, the dipstick that doesn't break for the first and second-gen minis, um, all the things, including, don't forget, the uh, the really cool license plate mount. Todd, maybe that's what that's what our man Gary did. He just modified a Pelican, one of those uh, CravenSpeed mounts. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, so that you don't have to drill into your you know, into your bumper. Really cool stuff. I want you to go over there. I want you to check it all out. Don't forget, I want you to also sign up for the newsletter. It's right there at the bottom of the homepage. It's really easy. Just give me your name. Give me your email. They hardly send out any emails at all, but that way what happens is when they do put something new on the site that's really awesome and cool and awesome that you don't want to miss, you're going to get a little email notification. And this will be a boop. Hey, look, we have this new thing on our website. Super awesome. Go over there. Check them out. That's our friends over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com. Uh, they're serving the greater Portland area. Actually, then hipster Portland, Oregon, uh, hmm. since whenever, since forever, 2003. Awesome. Uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? We were done, right? I think so. I think we were. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have something if you want, but we can also keep it for next week. Something. It's not Apple related. It's it's mini related. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a teaser and we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. The teaser is that I had a chance to drive the JCWF56 and the GP2 back to back last weekend uh, along the the along the coast uh, near San Francisco, and it was pretty cool. Thanks to uh, our very good friend uh, Sean uh, Sean Myers from the Motor Train Podcast. Podcast, yeah, nice. So I have good. I mean, you know, I have a, a good uh, kind of review that we can do uh, on the. That'll be awesome on the for, show. That'll be awesome for next week, Alex. I think. Cool. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward so to cool. it. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, and then also, I want you guys to remember uh, motoringstripes.com, motoringstripes.com, motoringstripes.com. Todd, I'm just curious. Is there any MTTS swag left? Uh, yes, there is still some. If you go to the site, whatever's there. It, yeah. it shows is available. Anything that's sold out is either gone or it shows it's sold out. So, yeah, you can still get some uh, a handful of MTTS items. And 
the big seller, I'm just going to say this right now, if you have a Countryman, and these are great, is the bumper protection strip, the rear bumper protection strip. These are selling like hotcakes. Yeah, you got to get one of those. It protects the top of your bumper, so when you're loading up your briefcase or groceries or whatever, you know, you usually they end up like hitting the top of the bumper there, and the paint gets scuffed and marred or scratched, right? You get one of these uh, motoring stripes, bumper protection strips, and boom, saves your back bumper. And they're a good-looking piece. Yes. And you can install it yourself. And Todd made it, so it's dope. Right? Yes. Right. Not only that, but full selection of stripes for your Mini, so you don't have to have the, the stripes, you know, that don't fit the car and don't go all the way. <clears throat> Got to hate factory stripes so bad not only that but don't forget the new swag section uh, with all the really cool uh, essentially motoring badges on a keychain super duper awesome stuff go over to motoringstripes.com check it all out and uh, if you are one that also wants a white roof radio sunroof delete kit use contact form shoot Todd an email he'll send you a quote awesome motoringstripes.com you know because blank is boring boom uh, but otherwise I think we're done yes yes now we're done ride bikes radio if you guys like bicycle stuff ridebikesradio.com otherwise uh, we are done for the week thanks for sticking around thanks for listening thanks for downloading the show and telling your friends we really think you guys are pretty damn awesome just, mm-hmm. so, just so you know um, and keep sending in those photos don't forget uh, we're, we're still always going to be looking for uh, a Mini Cooper to feature on this week's show uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show it's our, our man Gary from Iowa uh, it's a picture a very nice picture of his Roadster Cooper Roadster at that it's super nice um, that's the car you've been looking at all week if you've got a really fancy picture of your Mini you'd like to show off to the White Roof Radio listening audience upload it to our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash White Roof Radio or at Reply Us on Instagram or Twitter we are White Roof Radio on either one of those and um, I'm just going to pick one. It's not like it's a competition. I'm just going to go, oh, this one looks cool. I'm going to use it. And then I'm just going to start saving the others, and I'll either make a gallery of them or uh, I'll just save them on my hard drive, and I'll just use them until I, we run out. But keep sending them in. I don't have that many. But we are done. This is the part of the show where I like to make that funny clicking sound, and then I say... Questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback, whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, this is Stevie. I'm done. Cheers. A bientôt.